Coming up, I'm going to reveal to you how you're self-sabotaging your opportunities. And then we talk about the future of tech jobs and the moral and creative challenges around artificial intelligence with Ryan Collins, CEO of Bethel Tech. Let's go! Helping you win at work and in life, I'm Ken. And I want to talk to those of you out there who have this feeling quite often. Just can't catch a break. Man, life is just just, just screwing me, man. I, 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 I can't get an opportunity. Can I can't catch a break? All right, number one, I've been there. I have felt that before. I, in my early days going after broadcasting, once I decided to go do it, and I realized I had uh, no college degree in it, and I, I had not done any actual broadcasting before, I started having conversations. And uh, those conversations might lead to another conversation here or there. And I'd send a couple emails here or there. In other words, I would just kind of just stick maybe that one little left foot out, you know. Uh, what is the song, The Hokey Pokey? You put your left foot in, you put your right in, and and I was kind of doing the hokey pokey, right? Just one little foot here, and just kind of, just, you know, uh, left foot in, right foot out, you know, not really committing. And as a result, I remember sitting on my back patio one morning, and I was having a pity party. I mean, I had the party hats, a little bit of cake, a little bit of punch, had it all there, except I was the only one there. I was just moaning and groaning. I've done this. I've talked to this person. I sent this email. I applied for this broadcasting thing. I can't catch a break. Nobody is noticing me. I don't even know who else to talk to. Am I delusional? I'm never going to catch a break. Because I just don't know the right people. I don't know enough people. No one is going to discover me. This is the spiral. I'm sitting on my back patio. I mean, you talk about the poster child for pathetic. That was me. I mean, I want you to literally, you know what I should have done, Alex? We should have taken one of my silly headshots and put one of those little cone party hats. Nathan, we need to see. I'm going to put Nathan to the test. By the end of the segment, Nathan, can we take a headshot of me and put a child's party hat? You know, the one that has a little thin rubber band that could sometimes snap and, and sting you? That's what I was like on my back patio, just having a pity party of patheticness. I just made up a word. A pity party of patheticness. I was pathetic and I was wallowing in self pity. So I've been in there. For those of you who are going, I just don't see any opportunities. Ken, I don't think I'm going to catch a break. Let me just tell you something. You're making excuses like I made. I don't know enough people. I don't know the right people. And if I did know them or if I was connected to these people, because I'd get a connection every once in a while. Somebody go, hey, Ken, I'll make this connection for you. I'll set up lunch or I'll set up a phone call or coffee with this person. And I remember being reluctant to reach out. How many of you have been there before? You got somebody willing to make the connection, and you're sitting on it. And the 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 thing that's happening is doubt. We've been talking about doubt a lot this week, right? We talked about doubting that you have enough money, doubting that you have enough time. Today, we're going to talk about that you doubt that you have enough connections. 
and 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 it's real because when you even get a connection you start the doubt starts to go well they're not going to do anything for you anyway they're just going to do a lunch they're going to do the coffee it's obligatory because they got a friend who asked them to do it and they're going to be really nice and they're never going to follow up come on come on how many how many of you have had that happen to you i'm going to raise both hands for me and what happens is you just start to doubt that anybody's going to do anything for you and it's another set yourself up and rejection, right? It's like, Ken, I've had a lot of first dates. Nobody wants to go on a second date with me. Ooh, it hurts. All right, so the voices are, I don't know the right people. I don't know enough people. And even if I did, I don't think they'd help me. I just can't get there. Now, as with every doubt, there's a kernel of truth to it. You aren't connecting with enough people, and thus you should know more people. But you can connect, and then when you do, you will meet more. And when we build those connections and relationships and conversations and connections, and it just begins to stack and stack and stack, and not every one of them pans out, but eventually it does. It's a law of numbers, right? Averages. Like The more people I talk to, the more opportunity I have for connections and then actual opportunity. So you might not know everybody you need to know, but you can go meet them. You can identify who you need to know, even in a small town, even online. Listen, who do I need to know? Let me go find them. I can connect with them. Is everybody going to connect back? Nope. Is everybody going to do something for you? No, but this is the process. So when you hear yourself say those things like, I don't know anyone, or I don't know the right people, or I don't know enough people, you need to adjust the mindset to say, but I can know the right people. I can know enough people. People will help me. This isn't some little, you know, mantra that we just meditate over and just make it happen. This isn't kumbaya crystals and the universe and all that crap. I don't believe in any of that. I believe in action causing a reaction. That's what I believe in. And so when I take action, so I have to think differently, then I feel differently, then I act differently, and then watch, I get different results. Can we just stop making excuses? That's what I've been driving at this week. Our excuses become a reality that we justify our inaction. Buy. That's what we do. We go, here's this excuse. It's not rooted in complete reality, but we make it reality because we soak on it long enough, and then we realize, oh, I can spin this excuse as a smart reason for simply not acting. So find out who you know. I'll give an example. There's a lot of you are still going, I'm a little cynical, Ken. Thanks for the motivational lesson. Okay, let me get tactical for a moment, shall we? Here's the payoff. I wrote about this in my book, The Proximity Principle. There it is. It's on the shelf behind me. It's called The Law of the Zip Code, which says everything you need to get started is already around you, in your zip code. So I get people that call the show all the time. Alex and Joe have heard this a million times. Ken, I don't know enough people. So I always go, okay, how many people do you know? I'm talking in your little town, uh, Facebook, social media, college, whatever. 
And they usually arrive at uh, 150 to 200 people. Like, okay, 200 people. How many people do each of those 200 know? And they'll usually laugh and say about 200. So now we've gone to a universe of 40,000 people that you are now in the middle of, in other words, through diligence and discipline, you can make some connections. And now you grow the entire network. You can do this. You just got to change your mindset. You know plenty of people because they know plenty of people and they'll introduce you to more people. You are self-sabotaging your opportunities because your doubt that you don't know enough people is giving you excuse not to act. Coming up, the future of tech jobs. All right, folks, uh, you're hearing news all the time about how the job economy may be changing and layoffs, 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 and a lot of tech layoffs. Here's the deal. We're at 3.4% unemployment. Job economy's great. And the future of tech jobs specifically is unbelievably bright. You don't have to work for Google or Meta to win big in tech. Tech is everywhere in every industry. My good friend Ryan Collins is a partner to the Ken Coleman Show and everything that I'm doing here at Ramsey Solutions, uh, joined me recently because I wanted to walk through what I'm seeing in the news about the future of tech jobs. Watch this conversation. Okay, Ryan, this is so great to have you back in. Bethel Tech, we send so many people to your school. And before we dive into the future of tech, this brand new book, The God of Tech, before we get into that, let's just give a snapshot <laughs> of how real people who watch and listen to this show uh, are doing as a result of Bethel Tech. Yeah, I mean, how... We've been I don't working know, together uh, two years two almost years, now, yeah, so feels right. nine months to go through the program. 85% of the Ken Coleman students' audience that graduate with Bethel Tech um, who are seeking jobs are getting jobs. Yeah. You know, um, and we've had some incredible testimonies. We had one guy that went from making, uh, you know, 25000 a year to making six figures. I mean, just life Oh, I know. My mind blown yeah. away by this. Yeah. And, and this is the reason that I love our partnership yeah. is this is no nonsense training people to actually win in the world of tech yeah. and tech's not going anywhere. And I wanted to get your take really quick. I know you've got the list, but just to give you an idea of, of what Bethel Tech does and then what it means for your future, the fastest growing tech jobs of the future, uh, virtual reality developer, security engineer, UX designer, uh, video game designer, cloud engineer, chief digital officer. Now, I want to pause on this one because this is a new executive role, mm -hmm. a chief digital officer. Yeah. And that, the question I have about this is, uh, because this article says that this is a new C-level leadership role, and it's it's helping businesses and organizations use digital information and new technologies uh, to create and grow value. And my question is, is when you hear that, mm -hmm. they got to have a deep knowledge of technology, uh, obviously some basic tech skills that they've uh, exhibited, but it's really understanding how to drive value. Yeah. Is it reasonable to believe that someone who comes through Bethel Tech and gets these different training, if they've got the people skills, yeah. the ability to lead, and that's a big part of what yeah. you all teach, they could step into these new roles, chief digital officer. Yeah, that's you're 100% right. And that what that tells me is that the future of work is in tech 
that every company to some extent considers itself a digital company or a tech company. When you think of a tech company, you might think of Facebook or Google or Amazon, but it's also Bank of America and right. Chipotle and Cigna. And they're falling over themselves to find qualified talent in the tech industry because this is where they're putting a lot of their emphasis and focus. So a chief digital officer, I think, is probably just the, the fruit of that intentionality. And the reality is, is you don't just start by being a chief digital officer. Of course. You got to learn, you yeah, know? And right. so you have to have a starting point and we're that starting point. Now the beauty of Bethel Tech, and we've talked about this, is that it's not just high skill, it's high character. Yep. You know, when we launched our program five years ago, uh, we started getting invitations to the leading tech companies in the world. We're three and a half hours east of Silicon Valley, the, the most influential zip code in the world. And it wasn't the skills, the tech skills that gave us a seat at the table. It was actually the fact that we were intentionally focused on character building skills, things like um, healthy relationship and community, brave communication and conflict res resolution, trustworthiness, which yeah. is the number one soft skill that companies are looking for. These are all biblical principles. That's we're right. the first and only Christian coding boot camp in the world. But these are the same types of soft skills that companies are investing millions of dollars to improve their workplace culture. So to get to this point, you have to have the tech, but you have to have the high integrity and that's you have it. to be able to work closely with people. And that's what I love about what you guys are doing. You're going to train them how to actually interact with people and win. And would you say that it really does separate the, the, the rock stars from just the, the, the successful tech worker if they've got those soft skills, those character traits? Yeah, absolutely. And we know this. I mean, uh, if you if you know the skill, but if you know how to communicate it and you can work with people, then that is a recipe for being a great leader, not just in tech, but in, in any C-level position. It really is. How do you treat others? How do you you know, I'm a firm believer in servant leadership. How do you serve those that actually are part of your team and elevate them? And that's that's what this is looking at. And to this, you know, to this day, those major tech companies still see us as the uh, the first boot camp and really one of the few that is intentionally focused on the character component. All right. So uh, maybe a tough question, maybe not. Can an introverted and I'm playing on a stereotype, which is why I even paused to ask this question, but I think it needs to be asked. Yeah. Is the stereotypical, quiet, reserved, I don't want to be around people, techie, can they thrive in a leadership role, even if that's how they're wired? Uh, yes, absolutely. And really, it's all about understanding who you are and who you were made to be. I mean, you talk about yeah. it, we talk about it from the standpoint of what is our identity in Christ as a son and a daughter of a good and loving father. And once you understand who you were made to be, it doesn't you get to be able to bring your full authentic self into any situation. We had a situation with one of our best student testimonies. This is a woman out of Seattle, um, highly introverted. She had, I mean, you could probably say she had social anxiety disorder. Um, super brilliant. I mean, sharp, but so, uh, so fearful of mm. social settings that she, she didn't even get her driver's license because she didn't want to drive in public settings. She goes through our program. She goes through data science. And she crushes it on the data science side. But when she gets in our revival group, with our, our, our spiritual transformation component of the, the faith-based component of it, she understands who she was made to be. Right. That she is made on purpose and for a purpose. And that 
understanding that she can talk to people and bring her full self to situations is actually blessing those other people. In her application, this is so cool, she wrote she wanted to learn data science because she wanted to work with an organization that would help eradicate, use data science to figure out how to eradicate pediatric disease. Two weeks after she graduates, she gets her driver's license, she's going into interviews, gets a job at Seattle, Seattle Children's Hospital. In the email welcome letter from the CEO, it says, welcome to a team that is committed to eradicating pediatric disease. She said, Ryan, had I not known who I was, even right. though I'm introverted and gone into that interview, understanding and using the tools that I learned from Bethel Tech, I would have never gotten that job. And we both would have missed on an opportunity to bring a, 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 a solution to solve a hard problem. Yeah. And she's been promoted multiple times. She actually created a dashboard um, that is revolutionizing the way that the healthcare industry is matching um, organ donors with recipients wow. for, for pediatrics. All from Bethel Tech. Yes. And it's really true that some of the greatest problems our world is facing today has a technology solved to it. Yeah. It absolutely does. I mean, you, I just can't think of one major or minor or medium-sized problem in the world that doesn't have a tech solution involved. Uh, the world of tech is going to continue to expand. I mean, my goodness, we sit here today where we're talking about things called chat GPT, and it's just revolutionized everything. Now, a couple of things. There is a reason why I am a enthusiastic proponent and endorser of Bethel Tech. It's everything that education is no longer. It's quick and effective and cost effective. So quick, effective, and affordable. $15,000, nine-month online program. Now, I want to brag on a couple of our listeners. Uh, I want to lead with Cody Coke. He's a full-stack graduate. I want you to hear this. He went from making $22,000 a year before he took the program with Bethel Tech, and he's now making $130,000. He was listening to the show while at work, he was inspired to go to BethelTech.net slash Ken Coleman. It's right there on the screen for those of you listening. BethelTech.net slash Ken Coleman. And he talked to him. He heard me endorse him. He's like, all right, I'll, I'll check it out. Uh, he uh, just recently graduated. And before he did, he was three days from finishing, and he had already accepted two job offers. Because he can do both. And so now he's going to make up to $130,000 this year. Folks, he didn't have any experience before this. I don't care if you're 55 or 25 or 15. You ought to be thinking about BethelTech.net. Slash Ken Coleman's the site. Just call him and talk to him. They're going to take really good care of you and prepare you for a better life. the robots are coming for us i mean it's only a matter of time go ahead and get your bunker ready i don't know joe do you have your uh, ars ready to go to mow down the uh, robots when they come to columbia i don't will not disappoint that. you <laughs> he's ready folks i dare you to get one up on joe hankin i mean he put the boy in boy scout all right i don't even know what that means anyway 
you know, the robots, man, the artificial intelligence, scaring everybody. Ah! Artificial intelligence, they're going to replace us all. I was in a meeting the other day with a colleague who literally said this and with confidence. Yeah, I, I, I read, I heard something, I read something the other day that uh, the robots are going to replace about 80% of jobs in America. And I literally, I looked at him and I was like, not even close. Like, what? Robots are going to replace 80% of jobs in America? Folks, come on. Get outside and walk the dog. Get off the internet. Jeesh. That's ridiculous. All right. So everybody's scared about artificial intelligence, and there's a real conversation that has to be had. What are the ethical and creative challenges to using artificial intelligence? My friend Ryan Collins, CEO of Bethel Tech, stopped by. I wanted to get his take on it. He's got some very thoughtful things that you need to consider. Watch this. Yeah. And the book is I'm holding it, The God of Tech. Yeah. Uh, I want to because I feel like this is the right place. We've kind of been yeah. dancing around this. I want to go to chapter seven, a moonshot factory. Yeah. Uh, we've been dancing around this. We've been talking about this. What does that mean and why yeah. is it so important to what you're doing, what you're writing about as well? Yeah. So this is actually taken from the innovation lab at Google. So Google X, it's where they came up with self-driving cars, uh, Google eyeglass, um, you know, using drone technology to deliver food into third world countries if there's like a hurricane or a flood or something like that. Uh, And the whole idea is that we focus, we shoot for the moon to find solutions, technological solutions to solve the world's hardest problems. And they come up with all the, and it's taken from President uh, John F. Kennedy, 1962 at Rice University said, you know, we will go to the moon by the end of this decade. We will go to the moon. (laughs) It's my my horrible (laughs) impression of it, but it's one of the most famous lines he ever uttered. Not because it's easy, but because it's hard. That's right. You know, and so the idea and and the working definition of innovation in the tech space is that um, you use innovation to move humanity forward. I think that's wonderful. But from a uh, from a Christian perspective, I think it's incomplete. We actually move humanity heavenward so that they understand, again, who they are in Christ and what they were called to do. So. Um, taking the concept of, okay, the church should actually be the moonshot factory. If we, as the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, 6 through 16, that we have the mind of Christ, that God actually reveals his wisdom to us, not in the flesh, but from spirit to spirit, that we get to actually partner with the Lord to uh, create, innovate, and pull heavenly solutions for earthly problems so that all that would taste and see the Lord is good. Oh, that's so good. So that's what the moonshot factory is. And as believers, we should be engaging the space, not yes. running from it, because the drive-by narrative is that the tech space is an entirely humanistic endeavor. Right. That doesn't set well with me, Ken, because yeah, if should. you look at how the tech space operates, what other sphere of society operates in a high, in a higher level of faith in the invisible realm than the, than the tech space? That's right. You know, we... We airdrop pictures from, you know, in invisible space. We get on Zoom calls. All this is done by transferring information through invisible space. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and again, I say it on the show a million times. You were created. That implies there's a creator. Absolutely. And I say that work is something you were created to do and and you've nailed it. In fact, I want to go from there. It's a great dropping off place and back into one of the top 10 uh, tech jobs of the future, and everybody's talking about it. You write about it in the book. Yeah. 
So let's talk about artificial intelligence because when you hear about it, yeah. it tends to be a little bit scary. Is it going to yeah. replace mm-hmm. us and all this kind of nonsense? And then uh, you hear about Chat GPT yeah. and people are attacking it, saying it's woke and it's you know it's got all the. So here's the point: like artificial intelligence. What say you on the future? And then and and before we get into the good and the bad, yeah. What do you see as the opportunity for human jobs around yeah. this ever-expanding, ever-evolving artificial intelligence yeah. sector? It's a great question. We probably and it could be a whole show yeah, dedicated sure. to that. Right. Um, one of the things I, I do want to say is that technology is a tool, not the solution. Yes. So a tool takes on the function of its user. So technology. If technology, and this is something that we firmly believe, technology is a tool, not the solution. We believe that Jesus is the solution and it, and his love is magnified through the use of technology. So if technology is a tool, just like a hammer is a tool, I can give you a hammer and you could build a house, but you could also use it as a weapon. You could crack somebody over the head with it. Right. It takes on the function of its user. So that's what we're seeing with artificial intelligence. Obviously there are things that we do that can be automated that make our lives yeah. better. You know, I can ask, uh, I can ask Siri, what's, what's the weather going to be like in Nashville, you know, flying in here and she can tell me in real time. And I know I need to bring a coat or need to bring shorts, whatever. Um, I can tell Alexa to dim the lights in my house. That's great. The concern is we cannot artificially replace human creativity and ingenuity. And so that's the thing, you know, you have two types of artificial intelligence. You have weak or narrow AI. That's what we use with uh, Siri and and Alexa and and a chat bot. If you, you know, log into your mobile account or something. Um, And then we have, we have strong AI or artificial general intelligence where uh, the, the art, the, the, the technology is actually replacing human decision-making and that's a scary road to go down. Give because, us an example okay. of where we're seeing that Absolutely. right now. I put this in the book. So I have some friends at Google that work on the, um, the Google brain project. They're the ones that are working on the self-driving cars. And so, um, she told me this is a few years ago. One of the things that we're, you know, one of the ethical dilemmas that we have is the trolley problem. I don't know if you've heard of the trolley problem or not, uh-huh. but this is a, a, a you know a, a psychology experiment, an ethical experiment, experiment in the late '60s, early '70s. The idea is if you are driving a trolley and it's going down a track, and there are five people, and, and you lose control of it, um, and it's going, it's headed toward five people on the track, and it, could, it it would it would hit them and kill them. But you have a lever, you you have a lever that could switch it to another track, and there's one person on that track. What what do you do? you know, and it would kill that one person. So the whole point of that is how do we build artificial intelligence in such a way that in a potentially fatal collision with a self-driving car, it determines what's best for the person in the car or outside of the car. It's the trolley problem 2.0. Yeah. And my rebuttal is that, you know, there's something that cannot be replicated with human ingenuity and and the human spirit and human will. Right. It's why someone can actually have, you know, a loved one that's trapped under a car, a 3,000 pound car, and figure out how to lift that car up and save someone's life. A primal response. Yes. And if you were to take artificial intelligence intelligence and look at that situation a thousand times over, pull all the data, the artificial intelligence would say, that's not a feasible solution that a human would lift a 3000 pound car. So that would not be a solution that it would choose. choose. And yet people do it and lives are saved. That's correct. So that's the thing that that we have to always keep in front of us is that we cannot 
artificially uh, replicate human ingenuity and creative expression. That is Ryan Collins, CEO of Bethel Tech, and uh, his new book is called The God of Tech. And um, he just makes a very compelling case, you know, that um, technology is creative. And I say many times on this show that you were created to fill a unique role. You are needed. You must do it. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful book. Um, more importantly than uh, uh, my views on that, BethelTech.net is a wonderful white-collar trade school to get you into tech, whether you're 55 or 15, and all the way in between. Nine months, $15,000, and our students that are coming from this show are making really good money and setting themselves up for an unbelievable path to purpose by doing tech work, and it's the future. And uh, tech jobs aren't going anywhere. So I appreciate Ryan Collins coming by. Again, if you want to learn more, call him, talk to him. You get a special deal if you're from our uh, listening or viewing audience, BethelTech.net slash Ken Coleman. Also, don't forget, before I let you go, we are coming to you. We're getting on the road. Uh, Folks, I'm so excited about it. The dates are, I think I've got it here, Kansas City, April 20th, Chicago, May 16th, Atlanta, May 18th, Dallas, May 23rd. What are we doing? It's called Breakthrough. And I'm just coming to meet people who are stuck. You haven't got that promotion. You're getting passed over. Not sure what that side hustle idea is. Want to start that business? Whatever breakthrough you need professionally and financially, I'm going to help you. KenColeman.net slash events. See you there. Thanks for listening to The Ken Coleman Show. For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.